Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Jessie Too. And I'm Helen Stampak. And you're listening to another podcast episode of Asian Bitches Down Under. good i was going to ask you first you know how you're feeling like the your mood the scale one to ten or do you want to use the color to identify your mood oh, colors oh my god that's a great way to identify yeah usually uh, another podcast i listen to um they always check in by saying yeah what's your number this week yeah um, i think it's what everyone's doing because you know you're you're stuck at home or you have yeah, lockdown but I, situation but in my head hell i'm just thinking like what the fuck does number 10 look like like, you have to literally be a three-year-old to feel 10, you know, because uh, I haven't yeah. felt like, I haven't felt the number 10 since I was four or five. Pure joy, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like, I kind of live off feeling three or like two or one. Like, I, I think my most meaningful moments in my life have been like really depressing moments. I know that sounds really morbid, but like, I just don't like the whole metric. Like, we have to quantify. Uh, yeah, I, we have yeah, to measure hard. our um, emotions or our mood or our like our assessment of how our lives are going according to numbers. That's just mm-hmm, such a mm-hmm. male way of seeing the world, don't you think? Like that's yeah. what men have tended to do. Like it's such yeah, a patriarchal structure. You have to put it structure. into numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like oh, this is a rational way of measuring how I feel. Yeah. And what about little... using color? Yeah, I, I like, like color I much think better. Using color is nice. Yeah, yeah, but then again, you know, people identify color differently to yes. the definition. Like, like black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing wrong with black. No, there know? isn't. It's very yeah. pink and blue. Yeah, you know, genderized. I know. Oh, yeah, I love right. it. Um, I I like that you've asked that. Where did you get that? Oh, it just idea? came up to me. I'm just thinking, like, what you're saying that you know, a lot of other podcasters were using, um quantifying their emotions or their mood by from one to ten or the percentage mm. things like that and i thought oh maybe we can use color but then again you you think about it um color is a very hard to define wouldn't it like i what mean what do you mean like some people could consider that red is a very alarming color yeah, but whereas yeah. you know in chinese culture we talk about red as joyful <laughs> yes yeah so it's very racially um sort of yeah culturally yeah culturally affected as well i love that um i think i I associate the color yellow with joy yeah same or orange yes i know me too yeah because it's a bit more neutral you know i mean i don't like to like in the in definition sorry i don't like using very constricted blue or pink (laughs) because it's so uh, I don't know, socially constrained or... Gendered. Gendered, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with pink or blue, of course. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I remember when you were growing up, you said your favourite bl- colour was blue. Yeah, blue has always been my favourite colour, you know, but then as I, I'm becoming more mature, I think green, pastel green, aqua. Yeah, nice. anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I like asking children... 
um, very young children what their favorite color is because I find mm-hmm. that it's indicative of kind of their personality. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I asked um, one of our nephews, Bruce, mm-hmm. um, what his favorite color was over the weekend. Okay. What did he <laughs> when say? When we had we had a little family gathering over the weekend for one of our sister's kids, Russell. Mm-hmm. And then he had a Back to the Future themed party, which was the best. I dressed up uh, as that was fantastic. Bu- Bu- Biff, Biff, yeah, Wild, in Wild part West. three, yeah, Wild Wild <laughs> three, part three, the best. And I had a mustache; it was great because <laughs> I've always wanted to be a dude, and I've always wanted to have a mustache. Um, but um, Bruce said his favorite color was white. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's why, interesting. Why, yeah, Did you ask him why? What? No, tell me first about your reaction because that was an interesting reaction. Well, you just had. Um, well, to me, I think white is just you know you you consider purity, gentleness. But when you're looking, I don't know what Bruce was thinking. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. To to our listeners, Bruce is has just turned four, isn't he? Hasn't yeah, he? he's four yeah. years old. He's the fucking cutest thing in the world. <laughs> um, I thought would be something more bright because white is you don't use white when you're doing coloring as a child. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's not um, considered like a colour. Yeah. yeah. Whereas he's seen that as a colour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So did you ask him why? No, I didn't. Okay, let's ask him next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think he's the like the most intelligent little kid because like, the reason I love Bruce is because when you, when you watch him interact and get engaged with the world, he's very... um Observant? Yeah. He's, he just he's, looks at it and you, you don't know what's... At- What's going on in his brain? Yeah, yeah. And I know this is not uncommon because I've heard people gush about their kids and saying like, oh, I love how like little Tommy just like watches on the side of the playground like as though your child is like this genius or different. <laughs> you know, no, your child is not different. Um, your child is just like every other billion kids it's in the world. picking up things around So it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not saying Bruce is, you know, a genius, but I just, I like the way, I like... It's not just Bruce as a kid. Like I like people who are observe. Like basically, I have this theory that the world is divided into into. And this is me, obviously being very generalizing, um, which I don't usually do. But let me indulge here for a second. I think the world is divided into two types of people: um, people who observe and people who are the ones who are being observed. Mm-hmm. So you are the either the seen or the seer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I. I'm definitely a seer, like I'm definitely an, an observer. Yeah. Um, and I think all my friends and all the most interesting people in the world are people who are in this category. Mm-hmm. And often we're people who are not blessed with good looks. And so we don't have the eyes on us. And we so, don't have the attention that's yeah, placed we don't on have us. The, exactly. So we actually tend to see things that we're not as blind as the people. I think like this may make, make me sound like a luxist and reverse luxist like it makes mm-hmm. it make me sound as though i'm discriminating against good looking people which in a way i am i'm i think that good looking people miss a lot of things because yeah. um yeah because you're so like tied up and anxious about people watching you yeah and, and so you don't relax you don't, you don't relax and you in don't a way to pick up reflect things, yeah. exactly on... you don't see other people. Yeah. I mean, you, you only you'll be only centering on yourself. Yeah, how exactly. You present to other people. Yeah. Rather than looking at other people, what they're doing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So on that point, I want to just mention that I watched um, Hannah Gatsby's Douglas uh, again. 
Yeah, okay, because we went Helen to see I, the show yeah, yeah, see last, year. last year, was it? Yeah, yeah, last year at in the December Opera House in Sydney. Yeah, was that it was December. Fantastic. Yeah, it was in December. Wow, yeah. that seems like it felt like it was in January last year. Oh, does it because feel of that the pandemic? Ago? I think yeah, yeah everything, yeah. everything, everything pre-pandemic. Feels longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched with my. Uh, husband slash yeah Sean and he said that <laughs> he, he, slash <laughs> I was going to say husband slash partner I don't know whether or not I'm going to use like a very gender term to describe it now because I'm so conscious about my linguistic you know usage <laughs> yeah worry. usage but he's your husband legally yeah so. legally anyway so um he says she's brilliant I mean because I cry so much when I watch Nanette and yeah. when I I Actually, I watched the net after I, we were seen Douglas. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went back yeah. to see it because the first time I saw it, like probably around mid, you know, mid year last, you know, last year, and then I went in for like five minutes and I fell asleep. I was thinking, okay, this is not interesting, but then mm. you invited me to see Douglas with you. Mm. So I thought that okay, I have to see the net, and I just you know, well yeah, it just blew my mind off anyway. I know she's yeah, I love that so Sean. Why did Sean say she's a genius? Um, he didn't say that she's genius, but he he said that she's um, she's brilliant in how she expresses. So in oh. the turn that um, the people that she's making fun of it will understand <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. Because she talked about you know how America is very, it's just like a culture of you know overly confident white male. Yeah, you know, she put she exactly she put an exactly an equal sign, you know, and also um, how Mm. she was talking about um, her autism and her observing around how she'd been observing around her world in the uh, perspective, you know, in her lens of being an autistic person. Mm. Yeah, so that I think that's probably the thing that Sean found it that yeah. she did very well. I remember, yeah. like, um, I think going to see Douglas with you really changed things. It really changed the way I saw the world. Okay. Because How, um, how so? Well, it was that part when she talked about, like, for the listeners who haven't seen it, you really need to do it. It's like mandatory viewing. Yeah, um, I think. I was going to, I, I started watching it and I thought, that, oh my God, because we started watching it very late at night. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to watch it again with my son. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but the thing that changed it for me was when she really just said the, what was that region or the woman's body named after the man's name? Uh, Pouch of Douglas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pou- between, yeah, it's between your front button and your back button. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's what, how um, she described it here. Yeah. And then from that day on, I still remember it very distinctly when we walked out of the opera house and everyone was like buzzing. The whole audience yeah. was just like thousands mm-hmm. of people just buzzing from one person's rhetoric. You know, that's yeah. so fucking powerful. I love that. She yeah. has that power. Such an influence. I know. Um, And yeah. I just remember every day till then, I've been noticing that every single thing is named after a man. And yeah, you become that... so self-conscious about it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, and how much that really affects the way we move through the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Little things, yeah. the tiniest things that, the fact that it's named after a man, you know, yeah. I just, it makes me mm-hmm. really put into 
sort of a very a very visualized kind of mood in my brain about how deeply ingrained um, male supremacy and male privileges like it's yeah. so it's yeah. like I, I just kept thinking what would I what kind of life I would lead and also how would I think about myself how differently would I think about myself as a human mm. being if I walked around if I moved in a body where things were named after people of my gender like yeah. would I feel more would I feel more powerful like and yes would I feel more entitled yes I like so. I would just it's just uh, like a very logic you know um I, I think it's just very logic for a lot of possibly a lot of men that just out there because and kids as well you know you you put a immediate hierarchy between exactly two gender exactly exactly yeah. that's when, the, that's when the you're thing. born and then you know mm -hmm. the world presents it in you there's a very you know um clear hierarchy i know yeah. yeah and i feel like i still really 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 feel that um it's not something that men are conscious of no because why would not. you because why would you like why would you yeah, want because to they be... were told that this is normal yeah, exactly. Anything else is not normal. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So right. Yeah. Do you have any news to talk about? Or should we well, um, jump in? Yeah, yeah well, quickly. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this week's um, podcast, we're talking about Asian people in Hollywood films. Mm -hmm. And also, relatedly, we're talking about um, white, the white savior complex, which is often used in, you know, as a plot device in films popular films um but yeah so this week i watched a couple of movies that i wanted to and a couple of things i wanted to mention um i watched kate and leopold you know oh that rom okay yeah yeah i think travel it's from back the, in time <laughs> yeah it's from the early noughties and, and it has of course the best <laughs> um, rom-com lead kate um not kate sorry her name is kate in there um, meg ryan and the male lead is Helen to your Jackman. favorite? No, not yeah. anymore. Really? Yeah, I, I never liked him. He was just kind of like too. I'm too I've got to say, the... yeah, uh -huh. too Jackman is too polished for me. Oh, okay. Like yeah, he's. He does I don't too feel perfect. like. Yeah, there's I don't feel like nothing. There's... there's no no flaw in him and his life. He's been leading the perfect life and things like that. I just feel like is he doesn't really have much complexity. Like he's a great actor, obviously, and he's very charming mm -hmm. and. He's yeah. kind of like the, um, he's kind of like the, um, the no frills Woolworths brand of alpha males. Yeah. That's yeah, how that's I true. see him. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you can't fault him because he's just too generic. Yeah. And I yeah, find that I really agree. dull and boring. Uh -huh. I find that really boring. Like I, I, I like men who are more like different. He's not very different. Like he, yeah. he's not interesting. And the roles and... that he's been playing, it's yeah. pretty much all the same, isn't it? Well, is that a, no, I think his best role was in The Prestige with Christian Bale and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Have you seen that? Yeah, I yeah, I like gone that. through the half film. I should finish that film. Oh, I that's a really good film. Read half of that book as well. I don't know why I always oh, yeah, go through book, half. Yeah. yeah um, what? Did, well, what's your favorite Hugh Jackman? Film. I actually like how he played Wolverine. I know that it sounds <laughs> tacky, but I think Wolverine <laughs> is a very complex character. Uh -huh. So in a sense that because I'm looking at the character rather than the actor himself. Right. Yeah. So because um, I'm a big geek, 
I don't know. Amongst all my girlfriends, I'm a super big geek, so I follow a lot of you know Marvel DC films. So I think、um, within X Men, I think I liked him playing Wolverine because he's a very complex character with trauma and things、mm. and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying.、Um, I don't actually have、um, a favorite. I have to say before I tell you how I feel about Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you say you're geek just because you like Marvel. Like, it feels like you're diminishing yourself because you have. No, it's a super. I'm proud of it. <laughs> just, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, 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 but that label geek sounds like it's. Oh yeah, socially、derogatory. people think yeah people think it's derogatory, but also well, people、stupid. think it's derogatory. You know, calling people bitch, but you know you、oh. just. Gonna have、oh, to take、bitches. it on her, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Okay, continue. Um, but、uh, Hugh Jackman, yeah, I think Prestige maybe or that or that、mm-hmm. one movie. I forget what it's called. Um, he loses his son, and then or daughter, and then he goes looking for them. I don't remember、oh, what it's called. Okay, but I remember yeah, seeing it on a plane yeah, somewhere. I remember, I remember that one. I, I I can't remember the name either. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, those kind of movies that just gets buried. <laughs> You yeah, know, it's, yeah. You, you don't. Yeah, it's not box, selling the box office, so it's not dramatic yeah, enough. Yeah, but um, he hasn't made a movie in a while, hey. Um, no, I don't think so. I, yeah, I haven't been following him for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Ah,、uh, he's kind of old now. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> into his fifties. Is he? Ah,、oh, he's probably still、yeah. a hunk. Um, yeah.、Uh, yeah, swimming in with his, with his like family in Bronte. He's often spotted around Bronte. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this movie, Kate and Leopold, I remember. Like, I have actually never seen it, even though、okay. I'm obsessed with um rom coms. Uh huh. But I remember, I I wanted to watch it this week because um, my favorite, like the my favorite teacher, he wasn't actually my favorite when I was in high school, but in hindsight, he was really, really deeply influential in who I am as a writer now and how I move through the world. His name was Mr. Douglas. I had him at Carlingford High School. And he was、okay. my English teacher in year nine, up until year eleven, and、mm-hmm. he、um, he was I'm not sh- I I we always thought he was gay because he was quite feminine. Okay. Um, but in hindsight, I think maybe he was, and this is the reason why he was able to point out a lot of interesting things to me now that I think back on it. But yeah, he he taught us like he was the most influential teacher because he, um. He was able to like number one. He he taught us、um, a doll's house, which is like kind of the seminal feminist text. Yeah, yeah you mentioned it before. Yeah. yeah, a doll's house that really marked、um, my change in the way I saw myself as a woman.、Um, I'll talk about a doll's house later in an, in another podcast. But、um, mm-hmm. one time we were I don't know what we were talking about, but we were watching films, and he had mentioned that a lot of films end up where the woman. Gives up her own career for the love of a man, and okay, then、yeah. I think I think we even watched、ah, the end.、Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember he showed us the end of Kate and Leopold,、uh-huh. and、um, like, have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. So okay, yeah. So the relation to what Kate did eventually yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the film, if you haven't seen it, is、um, a modern day advertising、um, executive high up in the senior ranks. Um, well, she's about to be Kate.、Um, Played by Meg Ryan, she is living in modern-day New York, and then、um, in the beginning of the film, we are—it's、uh, set in 1876, and、um, Hugh Jackman plays a duke.、Um, yeah, so there's he, a crossover between the time and then. Yeah, and he、um, and he、um, needs to be married 
by midnight and then um he sees um this guy randomly take pictures of him and then he follows him and then um follows him to the brooklyn bridge which is like kind of half built at this stage and then he falls down the bridge or something like that and then suddenly he wakes up in modern day um new york mm -hmm. so he's and this guy played by liv shriver i think that's how you say his name um he i think he was married to naomi watts anyway this guy um he had found a loophole in time or something continuum something to do with time travel and um so now leopold is in modern day new york and then he and kate fall in love and then at the end she scores a very very big role as vice president of the new york branch of her agency and then um, in the very end, she decides she would give that up and return to Leopold's time in 1876 because she loves him. Mm -hmm. So and when was this movie made? Do you remember? Did, did um, it, I think was it's... it pre-2000? Um, I think it's post-2000. Okay. Because I think... I don't know. I think um, there's more women that's choosing career over the relationship now. I mean, oh, it's two thousand and one. It's two thousand and one. Yeah, I don't um, know if there's such. Uh, I don't well, because I, I, I haven't I, been following rom coms for the last couple of years. Well, because rom coms have died. They're now yeah. completely. Yeah, which is good. I think it's perfect. I think it's like a movement for feminists. <laughs> yeah, know? I know, but, but the thing yeah. is, I love rom coms. I guess it keeps your like imagination open. <laughs> you know, you know how we grew up. We were feed, fed with. Yeah. Disney princess stories, but then when you become an adult, you know those are all shit, <laughs> non-existent. Like yeah, like one of my favorite films growing up was The Wedding Planner, which I saw with you and Lise. Oh, I like know. Wedding Planner for the yeah. sake of its music. <laughs> That's it. All oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like with Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. Like oh, that the, one. Sorry, I yeah. was thinking the my my best friend's wedding shit. Yeah, okay, which I wedding also Planner. Love. Yeah, I've seen that one as well. But yeah, I don't know. I I like watching rom coms, but I think it's something for me to relax. But I don't indulge myself in it. Yeah, you know that I like love actually. Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. of the cast. But yeah. I don't indulge myself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's so comforting. Like rom coms are so comforting. I I love rom coms because, like, people are so witty and like everything works out in the end. Yeah. It's like my it's so, perfect it's too, world. It's extremely popular in Asian countries, I think. Oh, yes. The soap dramas, yes. Korean dramas, you know, Japanese dramas. You have to have the elements of love relationship in it to make it work. Yeah. But I, I've stopped watching those kind of genres. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so <laughs> like I've been thinking about Kate and Leopold since I've watched mm -hmm. it and I was just like, um, the reality would be absolutely horrifying because she's going back into a time where women couldn't even vote. So, like, oh what, yeah, what I the know. fuck? If you think which woman? Reality, shit. Yeah, Gosh. which woman would go back to eighteen seventy six? That's just stupid. you know, that's yeah. I know it's the most stupid thing ever. Like, it, not even someone like Hugh Jackman would be worth it. Yeah, true. So it was a mm -hmm. stupid. Yeah, but uh, what's interesting is like, you know, like when when people think people talk about the way films are gendered and so like mm -hmm. people will be like oh let's like gather a, a bunch of girlfriends and watch a rom-com whereas men would be like oh let's catch an action flick you know how movies are gendered that way 
what's really yeah, interesting but i don't do yeah. that <laughs> i know me too me too but um what's really interesting is that every single like almost every single rom-com made in the 90s and the 40s noughties mm -hmm. um they were written by a man like a lot of these rom-coms were written by men because they're very um like at the end of the day they they at the end of the day, the male protagonist is scores of woman, scores of money, yeah. scores everything. Yeah, exactly. And a woman yeah. always is somehow diminished. Yeah, shit. Like, like even even uh, my favorite rom com, you've got male, um, mm -hmm. uh, Meg Ryan's even character, with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, like he he's still the one who wins all the cards. <sighs> like he fucking yeah, shuts I down know. her store. Yeah. But it's Leo, so we're made to believe. Oh, it's okay because she now falls in love She's with got him and the man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. Um, uh, <laughs> we're going into like twenty minutes, and then that's okay. Um, but I also want to say, mm -hmm. um, last night, um, I, I really late at night, I watched the first episode of. Um, what did I watch? Oh yeah, the the documentary on Jeffrey Epstein. Which is oh, on Netflix. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was really disgusting. Ugh. That's all I wanted to say. Like, uh -huh. that okay, guy... I'll have a look through you. Yeah, I can yeah. It's... We'll be able to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's come back to our main topic um, for this podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about Asians in Hollywood and, you know, the Western entertainment industry. Um, so when we think about Asians in Western and Hollywood films or even TV shows, um, for our listeners, who would you be thinking of? You know, who who would you be? Who would be your earliest memory of non-white Lucy um, Liu character? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, or the Asians on the silver screen. Um, for me, the more uh, impressive ones are usually are all after like post two thousand. You know, I, I really start seeing more Asians in Hollywood, mm. you know, without mm. the mention. Like, I don't want to talk about Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee because they're kind of overrated and they've been yeah. stereotyped in a certain role. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had to. I have to say it's um, Harold and Kumail. You probably haven't heard of them. No, I because know. That's with John Cho. Yeah, it's a terrible and ridiculous, you know, jackass type of comedy. I hate you know, with, with John Cho playing um, Harold Lee. Um... And the other one will be Sandra Oh. Even though I didn't follow Grey's Anatomy, but she appeared, you know, very frequently on the ad, you know, for mm. Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. And also, of mm. course, you, as you mentioned, that Lucy Liu in um, Charlie's Angel. What other, which other, was she in Al Ali McBeal? Was that yeah, the she one was, that she was yeah. in? Yeah. God, Ali McBeal was fucking crazy Popular. big when we were growing up, hey. Yeah, but I never watched that. No, I never watched it too, because I remember just it was just full of sex. Yeah, which and I thought it was we repulsive. were pretty much for people to yeah. for <laughs> because we were we grew up in a family where sex is like the worst thing in the world. On screen is like kissing, and you you know someone's yeah. gonna when, turn it off yeah, or exactly. change when the channel. Watched, yeah. Like, yeah, I grew, uh, yeah, I grew up watching films with my dad a lot. That's like the one thing we share. But like I remember, yeah, when we whenever a kissing scene came up, he would be like, he would be like literally, he would uh, pass me the remote, and, yeah, and say, <laughs> "Oh my god, stop watching! Cover your eyes." <laughs> So as though like we were watching as though we were watching i don't know just it's like it just... it's okay to see someone's head chopped off it's yeah. so americanized fuck you know, yeah you, yeah it's okay to see someone's been shoot or you know someone's head been chopped off but someone's starting to have sex or you when you when you know that the 
the mood has been settled into that kind of um that I don't know the scenes coming up to having you know two people having sex and our parents is always like you know pass me the remote or someone change the channel yeah change the channel <laughs> I wonder why they were so prude yeah prude. we should ask them prudish well because yeah. you know conservatives mm-hmm. um I've also recently began to watch the last emperor you know more die huang di it's What's it's that? apparently it's um it's a streaming on SBS uh, on demand now. I'm not quite sure if this is the fact, but I read it somewhere that apparently it's the only movie that's been made in China's um, Forbidden City mm, with an American crew. Mm-hmm. So the movie is actually very old. It goes for three hours. So it follows the life of the last uh, emperor of China. Mm-hmm. So it begins from the early 1900s to the mid 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm only 20, like half an hour into the movie. So it's very mm-hmm. slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we want to, when we came up uh, with the idea to talk about Asians uh, in Hollywood, to just give you the idea of how underrepresented the non Anglo characters are on, uh, let's talk about Australian television first. Um, <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Okay, here's the data I've got. So the okay. Screen Australia's 2016 report states um, 32% of Australia have first or second generation backgrounds other than, you know, Anglo-Celtic compared to only 18% of main characters in TV dramas in the last five years. I don't know where they got, like, I, I obviously I don't know how they, you know, compiled that data, but 18%, I don't feel like it's 18%. Or maybe I'm not yeah. watching enough. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think um, if we think about it, you know, I don't know what our listeners would think that, you know, what are the reasons that there's not enough Asians or non-Anglo in entertainment industry? To me, it's probably um, conservative mindset, you know, perhaps it's not a money-making career for a lot of Asians. Mm, exactly, know. yeah. Again, art-focused careers are considered yeah. <laughs> to be, you know, a very poverty-induced career. Yeah, exactly. You know, and also there's another um, say of um, describing the in- entertainment industry, you know, people sleep their way up to the top. Right. You know, I that's that's what I got from our mum before when she was really? talking about... Yeah, yeah, I remember mum saying that, oh, entertainment industry is very messy, you know, uh-huh. the woman there. Well, she's coming out... Um, you know, from her very perspective, her, her very conservative perspective, yeah. as in, yeah. you know, this, you're there as a show. Like, there's no, you don't need to invest anything except for your appearance for her, right. I right. think. Right. Yeah. Well, like, I remember. Even, yeah. Yeah, go on, go on. You say. I was going to say, I was just going to make you say the last thing um, before you go ahead. Um, even for Asian males, you know, um, According to uh, director Kwon, he's the um, director for Crazy Rich Asians. He said mm-hmm. that most attractive, dynamic, and smart 25-year-old Asians are becoming actors, you know, and the ones, especially from Asia, are working for Google or um, as an engineer or neurosurgeons, you know, the kind of part of the experience of growing up as Asian, you know, exp- yeah, and also... And he said that being an actor has not been viable in the meaningful yeah. ways for yeah. most Asian people. Totally. Mm. 
because the people in power, the people who are behind the biggest movies, are usually white, and um, they usually create stories where um, the white person is centered. Yeah, where the white person is centered or represented in a superior way, and then at the expense of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. like it's always um, someone must always pay um, for someone else to look good. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 um, consequently, people who skin color is not white usually are pushed to very marginalized roles. Mm-hmm, like a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of this kind of discussion we're having came out. A lot of articles were coming out around this issue when um, Crazy Rich Asians came out. Like mm-hmm. I knew a few pieces were written in the New York Times where a couple of like Chris Pang, for instance, and Romy Rom. What's that guy? The comedian, um, Romy the- something. Ronnie Chan, Ronnie Chan. Yeah, Chen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were they had small parts in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and they <coughs> mm-hmm. they're in their thirties, I believe, and they they spoke out in these articles when they were interviewed about how they've spent years and years and years going through casting calls after casting calls after casting mm-hmm. calls of yeah. um, and always having roles where they are required to play dumb ass act um act, uh, dumb ass characters where. They need to put on an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll um, be, I'll be, uh, giving you some of the examples as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But just on your point about what Mum said, that's interesting. Uh-huh. I didn't know that about what she said that because um, I remember Kev, our brother Kev, um, when mm-hmm. he was in year twelve, he made this film, an animation film that was oh that, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that won an award. That he won an award. And yeah, we he won a really we, prestigious award. Actually, went with our parents to the powerhouse museum yeah, to yeah, accept the, his award yeah, i still have a clipping of the newspaper do you that's so sweet yeah. yeah and then he was in the papers like he was gonna like i remember thinking when i was i think i was like 12 when that happened to kev and yeah. i remember thinking, this is wow. pre-pixar yeah i yeah. remember thinking wow like kev, my brother's gonna be like this hotshot director in hollywood one day i was so proud of him and i was looking forward to having someone in that world in our mm-hmm. family and yeah. i remember saying this to mom saying oh don't you hope like kevin will make it one day in the big world of directors and hollywood and my mom i remember my mom saying this very distinctly she said nah no way like i wouldn't want him to go into that world that's um yeah that's a um she said like meaning not that's normal. just like not normal people go into yeah. that kind of world yeah yeah i think she's always had a perception of um apart from how which her mind was socially constructed with an asian conservative mindset you know um you're either in a businessman or you're very i don't know so-called prestigious um i can't even use that word to describe all the other careers for example the lawyers or doctors or engineers you know like something that's stable like for her um probably in art industries or filming filmmaking even animation for her is a bit unstable yeah you know you don't have a stable income yeah yeah yeah, this whole stability thing is rooted it's very in our important. Yeah, yeah, it's rooted in our history. Like our grandfather's like literally starved in the civil war in China. Mm-hmm. Like when he was sixteen, he ate like a leather belt because he couldn't find food for three weeks. Like yeah. this is very real to us. And mm-hmm. so I understand how my father, our parents, like it is very real and it's very important yeah, for us. You always to feel insecure be, about yeah. not being stable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Stability. I understand that. But I think my privilege and my gift has been that my parents have 
because of that um ha- and and i guess because i've worked in a stable job in the last mm-hmm. t- nine ten years as a teacher now i feel like there is no other way to be but do what i want to do and that doesn't mm-hmm. mean a, that doesn't necessarily mean a stable job for me at least yeah that's yeah. such a gift man like yeah definitely it's not yeah. something i take for granted at all mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. continue okay so on the other side, um, this is Americans' data. Um, so as an Asian defined by the Census Bureau, you know, in in U.S., is anyone who's, uh, who has origins in the original people of Far East, Southeast Asia, or the Indian subcontinent, including Cambodia, China, India, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Pakistan, the Philippines, Island, Thailand, and Vietnam. And also, according to the 2018 fact sheet, the United States Asian population is led by 4.9 million Chinese. Um, I don't know. It seems a bit low to me. Mm. Um, It's excluding um, Taiwanese, which I I found it's a bit strange. I don't know why Mm. they have to separate. And 4.1 million Indians, 3.9 million Filipinos, 2.1 million Vietnamese. 1.8 1.8 million Koreans and 1.5 million Japanese. Um, mm. I found a bit strange that Japanese number is lower. So low. yeah. yeah. But again, conflict, uh, conflating Asians with East Asia, boiling down to Asian American experience to one face that really doesn't, you know, actually suit all. You know, sometimes at best yeah. it's proved. We all know that progress is slow in reinforced boundaries around. You know whose representation representation matters, and also you could alienate people who are already being cast aside within the Asian category. We know that Asia is such a diverse, you know, continent, and you know the challenges challenges they to portray portray on on screen. You know, also you know you've got to consider Indians, Pakistani, Muslims representation. Mm-hmm. So even so, that I think that even we have Asian Americans narratives that is appearing on screen slowly you know there's also the effects of our understandings understandings of anti-asian prejudice and discriminations you know within the asian categories Mm. you know how um like i know that some asians a particular group of asians will probably discriminate another group of asians you know within that you're all asians but just because the skin tone is a bit different there's always discrimination within and also we need to take in consideration of the mixed asians how are they being categorized yeah yeah exactly yeah okay so um i guess we are coming to the end of may um in u.s i I don't know why we don't have this in australia anyway in u.s it's asian pacific american heritage month um we picked this topic um, that because I saw a short clip, which I sent you as well, from a media outlet uh, called Character Media. It's an Asian-American in entertainment. So the clip mm-hmm. has a combination of scenes of Asians in Western films from the 1910 to very recent. Um, I guess when we're talking about ethnicity films, I ask myself whether or not the film has recruited diversity of actor actress as character or whether or not the film is just fully asian been cast you know all asian um actors um for example you know how 
Crazy Rich Asians had such a hype two years ago when it first came out. I don't know. I didn't really like it. You know, to me, even though it had been labeled as a production of Hollywood, but the cast is all Asian. It it seems to me it's overly tokenistic. Oh yeah, yeah. and whereas other films that probably incorporate Asians as one of the one or two of the film's character, you know, um, you know, like for example, Ocean, Ocean's Eight, you know, it's led by yeah. Sandra Bullock. The film's got Aquafina and Minding Kaling. Yeah, yeah, to you know to represent diversity. I thought that was, you know, a bit that, that was done pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Well. So with the clip that we saw, or that I mentioned before, um, I didn't know that it was so whitewashed. Um, even uh, sorry, it's whitewashed now, you know. But mm. at the very beginning, that a lot of Asian or Chinese characters been played by white, white people. people. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the surprises that came to me was that um, a film called The Good Words. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have read the book. It's a uh, it's by Pell S. Barks. Uh, it's one of the earliest books that I read um, that's got Chinese characters in it. You know, right. as uh-huh. in it's an English mm-hmm. novel, but it's got Chinese mm-hmm. characters in it, and it's set uh-huh. in China. Yeah. And even though it's written by a white woman, you know, but because she's been living in like Shanghai for like. Is Pearl, is, is Pearl Buck a white woman? Yes, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, so the movie actually, they actually made into a movie. I never knew that they actually made into a movie in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So, and they cast white, like, white actors to play Chinese farmers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so... They do yeah. that with black people as well. You yeah. Know, black face. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with whitewashing, you know... I thought that it will be a bit improved, you know, in the recent time. But oh, one of the films that I haven't seen, but I didn't really want to mention it. It's the Last Airbender. Ooh. Oh my god! Yeah, you Cringe. know, so for totally for those for those people for for the listeners who doesn't know, you know, it's basically a fantasy slash magic type of genre. It's like a it started as an animation, you know, in the backdrop of Asian culture. But the movie cast a white kid to play the Asian protagonist. Oh, are you kidding? Are you? Oh my god! Yeah. Who who is the actor? I don't know the kid's name, but you can okay. tell that he's white. Oh yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, my daughter's obsessed with that animation at the moment. I'm. I don't know. I'm struggling to decide whether or not that she should see the film. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. What about, what do you think about, I have so many thoughts running through my head. What about um, Jack Black being the panda? Oh, okay. Is that bad? Because uh, Jack Black is obviously not Asian. Uh-huh. And then he's he's voicing, a, uh, I would say most people would consider a panda to be an Asian, Asian. animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I do you think know. about that? Because it's an animation, I, yeah. I can't see the visual in that you know and i don't know for the majority of the audience of that like animation how they feel the connection right of race how how mm-hmm. do they make the relevance of connection in the race when they see that movie maybe maybe we should ask the, a kid about that you know yeah. like i don't it <sighs> Maybe I a feel kid bad doesn't... saying it. Yeah, I feel bad saying it that I don't think that it was a problem, but But who knows? 
But who knows? Like, yeah. yeah. But but um, I know. I think it does, and I'll tell you why. Mm. I I think back to Toy Story. Okay. Yep. And and the fact that Tom Hanks was Woody and um, Tim Allen was Buzz Lightyear was really really big for me. Like I I saw them not as Woody and Buzz, but as Tim Allen and, and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I think I it, for me it did matter who those voices were. Okay. Why yeah. why is that? Do you think because the characters they already already build the characteristics they build in their other yeah. films that yeah. fit I think them the into actors, that role? Yeah, yeah, and they're both charming. Like Tom Hanks is so charming and charismatic, and so is Tim Allen. Yeah, and funny as well. Both. Yeah, of them, yeah. I know. Yeah, so I think it does matter. I think people yeah. would. I think kids would know that it's Jack Black behind the panda. Yeah, and I think they can make the. Relatively, like I shouldn't be body shaming, but it's just you know the, the <laughs> he's, character he's, he's always been. Yeah. The character that Jack Black has always played is pretty much From fitted the... into pole. You know the yeah. the panda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're you know, so like, right. Kind with of that. like a funny, clumsy, chubby, chubby, <laughs> yeah. chubby, cute little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What about the Great Wall? Matt Damon's oh, film from 2016. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I haven't I seen that one either. See, I don't want to see it because it's so whitewashed. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and the Scar- other one will be... Um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very debatable. So apparently, um, the I think the director is actually Indian background. Yeah, so I don't know why he couldn't find a Asian... Or at least Amer- Asian American actress to play that yeah. part. So yeah. his reason was that he couldn't find an Asian American female lead to to attract the box office. Yeah, well, so it all that's comes a very shitty. Yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah, and also I um, I asked around both white and Asian. Um, fans of the Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. That's a movie. Um, it's very debatable because some say that oh, because the original animation that it is the character, it is like Caucasian female, mm. but it's mm. a Japanese person that's trapped in Caucasian body. That's why they. I don't know. It just sounds so stupid. So convoluted. It's unnecessarily convoluted. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's money. Yeah, of you course. Know, Scarlett Johansson is going to bring in the money. Yeah. That's all they have to say. God damn it. Um, yeah, yeah, which is why which is why the only, I think the only way, well, I don't think so, but the only way that things can change is, I don't know, make a lot of money and then try and change the world some other way. Where yeah. You, where yeah. you can afford to lose money. Like, my mm-hmm. ultimate dream is to one day open a cinema in the hub. The hub is like this section of Newtown um, in Sydney. Uh-huh. It's the inner west of Sydney. My favourite suburb. And it's like this abandoned cinema. Like it used to be a cinema, I believe, or okay. uh, some sort of uh, a theatre place. Is it near Enmore? No, it's near it's Newtown Station. Okay. And uh-huh. it's dilapidated. It's been dilapidated for years and nothing's made of it. And I have this dream of opening a cinema one day where I only play um, films directed by women or written by women. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's and good. and seriously, that that is a real dream of mine, which I honestly just like can't wait for it to happen. But mm-hmm. like I've been telling a lot of people about it, and like um they and 
Kev, our brother, says the only way to do that is if you kind of, like, number one, like, make a lot of money somehow. And then, like, because I'm ultimately not going to be able to make a lot of money from this cinema because it's not going to... no one's turning up. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people are going to turn up. Um, and that is, like, the, at least the reality within my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have to be able to set it up so that I can afford to lose money on it, you know? It's just yeah, a dream. Yeah. It's a dream project. Yeah, I know. That and, would be very ideal. Like, yeah. you have some sort of, like, a continuously internal female or female crew, you know, movie or something like that. Like, it's yeah. definitely possible because there are enough female-directed films out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah they just, just haven't been, you know, the, the, the attention has been placed on them enough. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like on any given day, you go to the cinema, Mm -hmm. um, I will bet on my, like, I will bet $50 that um, 9 out of 10 of the films, probably 10, uh, have been directed by men. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just Mm -hmm. such a norm. It's such a norm. And then, yeah, when I mention my idea, my dream idea of opening a cinema that's only directed, uh, for films only directed by women, I think people are like, they take they get taken aback. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. why are you suddenly focusing on this? Yeah, on women. Know, the gender yeah. Of director because you've because everyone's been growing up watching you know men made films. Exactly. They don't think the difference. That yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. I just also yeah, want to mention okay. um, mm-hmm. um, a famous American actress, um, Anna May Wong. She was um, sort of uh, like yep. the first yeah Chinese American Hollywood movie yep. star. Oh, when you when you just mentioned her name, sorry, something just came up. She was, she actually, um, I'm pretty sure, if I'm mistaken, our listeners can kind of yeah leave comments and yeah correct me. I think she's the one that had auditioned for The Good Earth, which is the film that I yeah. just mentioned. Yeah, but she didn't get the part. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, she didn't get the part because yeah. she was. She was just Asian. <laughs> she was Asian. And then it went to Mark. a freaking Louise um, Rayner. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is that? Sorry. No, just kidding. Okay, so should we talk about Oland. the films? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, Oland, yeah. Should we talk about the films that we watched um, according to the the topic that we talked about today? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll just start by saying, mm-hmm. um, in, in, and it's I'll mention this film in relation to what we've been talking about in the last couple of minutes. Have you seen the half of it? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I yeah. haven't because I've seen... Oh, I'm so easily influenced by critics. You know, people are saying that it's not good. It's, well, it's not good. Yeah, but so what? Got, I still wanted to watch it's it. It's very white. It's got no relations. Even so that they put in, the you know, an Asian character in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I wanted to see it because um, I want to be able to see how um what what at least are talking main, about. yeah at least what mainstream um what mainstream movies are doing to a asian female centered character you know yeah. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i had to watch to all the boys i've ever loved part one and two. Oh yeah I like yeah, yeah, yeah which I've seen that one like oh my god it is so ludicrously it's so, YA. It's, it's so um it's in y- well, like the second, the first one was okay. It was tolerable, 
um even though the guy she falls in love with is the most like repulsively generic white dude played by noah mm-hmm. centerio who's this like mm-hmm. um conservatively good-looking schmuck um but like apparently in real life he's a dickhead and i'm i wouldn't be surprised to he you know if that was true anyway um and the second part was awful because um she ends up having to choose between this like the most loveliest dude um, who's kind of like perfect in every way, but he's kind of shorter and skinny. Um, and he's also, I believe, black. I, I don't know if I would call him black, black, but he's definitely dark skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what his name is. John someone. But mm-hmm. anyway, she had, the character had met him when they were in some sort of youth UN group. So he's mm-hmm. like, he's interested in the world as well. And at the end, she had to choose between her boyfriend, who is this like white piece of trash, who always hogs um, the last piece of pizza. That was like a thing that um, oh. the other guy had mentioned. Like he said, oh, isn't it funny that... Um, I don't even remember the main guy's name. Like he's just so boring. Um, he, he was like, oh, isn't it funny that he always hogs the last piece of pizza without asking mm-hmm. anyone? Like, mm-hmm. And like in the end, this this girl ends up choosing her her crappy selfish boyfriend boyfriend over this darling beautiful nice guy like just a plain nice guy who also happened to be fucking hot so both of them are fucking hot but like the white guy who she keeps as her boyfriend is just more generically conservatively alpha male hot Mm -hmm. and it's just so Mm -hmm. disappointing that that this movie would have her end up with this dickhead like for me i'm angry about it because like all these girls who are like eight years old and like 12 year old girls who are watching this are learning that this is the kind of guy to choose, you know? Like, yeah. seriously, it's disappointing like, that nothing has so... changed if you're watching oh my God. from watching Disney princess movies to I know. this kind of genre now. It seems like, like there's very it is, minimal. Progress. It's so infuriating because um, it infuriates me because young kids don't know that watching these films are so fucking influential like they they are affected in a very very um deep way that's subconscious Mm -hmm. and that's why i i advise parents to just you know don't let your kids to watch movies by themselves you know yeah sit with them and then talk it through afterwards or even join oh my god that yeah. is my favorite that's, thing that's to do. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. I remember... I always question my kids. Like, what do you think Oh, I know. That? I know. Yeah. Exactly. I love that you do that. That is, like, the best thing about... Like, if I ever become a parent, that'll be, like, the best... Fav- my favorite thing I to do. I think you always have to question them of what they think. Or in yeah. this situation, what would you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have to question them. Yeah. Probably build up their critical thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a... Follow blindly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's such a great way to engage with your kids mm-hmm. and teach mm-hmm. them about the world. Like, I remember when I was in the US a couple of years ago, I had this Uber driver when I was traveling through Nashville. And then yep. he and I had this long drive, I think at around dawn, because I was going to the airport. And he was saying how I, I had just seen a film previous night mm-hmm. um, with another dude. I think I was on a date. It was uh-huh. weird. But anyway, um, and then um, it was the Bumblebee movie, I think. Like the Transformer. Yeah, the Transformer, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it okay. wasn't, I don't remember. Anyway, I didn't think that's the kind of film you will go and see. No, yeah. But mm. um, anyway, I was telling him about it, and then the Uber driver was saying how every Sunday um, he and his wife take their two kids to see a film, and then afterwards they would go to a, 
restaurant and then uh-huh. talk about the film. That's nice. I just uh-huh. thought that's like the best thing ever. Yeah, you make it into family tradition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, so the other f- film I mentioned was the half of it, which mm-hmm. is about a queer girl, Asian girl who, sorry, she's a lesbian or queer, whatever you want to call her. Um, she's into girls, right? Mm-hmm. She's um like fifteen, sixteen. She's in this town called Square Hamish, which I haven't actually googled. I don't know where it is, but it's like a in the middle of nowhere kind of very white um, yeah um and she's the only person of color character in the whole and her movie. dad isn't it and her, yeah sorry her dad is um her dad is obviously asian and <laughs> yeah and she's mother motherless um which is interesting because in to all the boys i've ever loved um her mother's also dead and also yeah i don't know Wong's. what's with yeah, yeah maybe, and Ali Wong's, maybe baby Ali, maybe know. baby the, the yeah. mum is that yeah it's yeah. like they have to kill off the mum yeah for like, the central character have any to have you any have to kind pity of... the central character because yeah, he or she exactly. doesn't have a mum. Yeah, it's really weird. Like the death of a, like a very it's... structured, like standard, trope. tick box. Yeah, have. yeah. And it, why can't the dad die? Why is it always the mother who yeah. needs to? It's you know what I have this theory that the mother is killed off so that the main central female character can embody both the sexual young person's young woman's sort mm. of trope and also mm-hmm. encompass mm-hmm. the motherly factor of it as well yeah yeah so you build have all the characteristics just you know of the perfect woman the perfect yeah 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 exactly like she's a she's a young woman but yet she's also taking on duties of like mothering <sighs> which yeah. is so fucked up yeah. like why can't a kid just be a kid that's true why can't a girl just be a girl mm-hmm because she can't so in this world. She can't. What do you think of the film apart from that she's motherless? Well, um, I thought it was uh, really badly scripted. Mm-hmm. Like for me, a script is really the central heart of a film, and it was really badly written. And I feel bad saying this, saying all this, because I really liked Alice Wu's first film, which was made decades ago, um, mm-hmm. called Saving Face. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? No, I haven't. I heard about it yet, but yeah, it's great. Um, well, it's much better than this one because it centers up, upon two lesbians who form in a relationship, okay. and they're both Asian. Okay. So I thought okay. that was hot yeah. because yeah, okay. because I think last I year that when, we haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah, well, well, let's watch it and then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I remember last year when I was going through my sort of, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but I was like questioning mm-hmm. and questioning my own sexuality and. Definitely, like thinking, I can only date a white. Uh, I can only date someone who actually looks like me and mm-hmm. is also into women, yeah, an Asian woman. Because like all my crushes on white women have been imbalanced because of whiteness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Saving Face was like an awesome film where you saw two Asian women getting at it, and they okay. were both really hot. Not that mm-hmm. it matters, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the half of it was just really, it was bad because things didn't make sense. That's the mm-hmm. gist of it. Like little, thi- like there were about five thousand little things in the film that didn't make sense, mm-hmm. and so you watch the film, just always being, like you were always thinking, uh, why did he do that? It doesn't make sense that he would do that, or why did she do that? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. there's this scene where, uh, the love interest, who's obviously a white woman, she's mm-hmm. you know it's still the epitome of, the the standard, the standard, yeah, the yeah. top sort of top-notch um, mm-hmm. person to, to to be attracted to. She lures uh, the 
the Asian character, the Asian lead character, whose name I have now forgotten. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I saw it, like, a week ago. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, she um, lures her into this kind of, like, forest, and in the middle of the forest, there's this swamp. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they take their clothes off, not and fully, swimming. <laughs> and then so swimming and floating, and it's like, uh, ew, that's disgusting. Like this random swamp, there might be like, yeah, because it's because you're this adult now, you gotta you gotta think that what kind in the of water. the age is this film targeting? You know, the young adults you'll be talking about kids that's age between I don't know thirteen to eighteen. You know. The main focus of watching this film is about love, rather yeah. than consideration well, of whether or not the water is clean. You know, as an <laughs> adult ourselves, <laughs> yeah. we're like, "Fuck! How can you just swim in a yeah. swamp? You don't know what's you know what's been dead in there." Yeah, exactly. Like, it's yeah. gross. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so yeah. weird, and um, and it was just it. Before I saw this film, I knew I was gonna hate it, but I didn't know I was going to hate it in the way that I do now. <laughs> Not, I don't hate it. I just don't like it for mm-hmm. for craft reasons. Yeah, but um, yeah. I remember thinking that because the guy basically pays the Asian girl to write love letters to the girl that he has a crush on. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of counsels him through how to attract her, how to yeah. make her so fall in love with him. So she was like the wingman, isn't it? Yeah, is and I was like, term? oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, he, like, number one, why would you ask a loner who for doesn't advice. have any friends for advice? Yeah. And how does she know how to get the girl, you know? Yeah. Um, And, like, in the end, he does in some way succeed. Um, and like at least and I watched it with Ali one of my good friends mm-hmm. um, on Saturday night and we were at the end we were like oh my god like at least make sure that they kiss like the Asian girl and the and the main love interest kiss and they yeah. do thank uh-huh. god like if they didn't I'd, we were we were like come on just fucking it needs to happen okay like uh-huh. because if it didn't then it'll it be needs so to heter- be physical interaction yeah uh-huh. like it needs to be not so heteronormative yeah yeah um, but but the thing is when they did kiss it was not very um it was not. It was still not very satisfying, because was it like, like she, awkward. Well, no, it wasn't an awkward kiss. It was a very quick kiss, uh-huh. but also, um, in the end, like, um, the main character goes off to college, and then like we never really understand what kind of life she wanted after after that, or what she was pursuing. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like the whole movie was about like the whole movie was basically centered around this one question of Mm -hmm. um, the many ways that we can love one another Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the different iterations of love, which I think is a very valid and Mm -hmm. interesting question, but it's just, it wasn't done well. Mm -hmm. And there's also a scene at the end in a church that was absolutely cringeworthy. And if you see it, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Um, Okay, I'll try to watch it maybe this week. I think you should watch it because Mm -hmm. I would, I think it's... With Luke, you think? With my son? Yeah, 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 I think you should watch it with Luke. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because, yeah, like it was a, a the the guy, the main guy, the white dude was also like really, really kind of pathetic. He didn't know how to talk to the girl. <laughs> like he literally didn't know how to cast a conversation. Okay. Like who the fuck doesn't know how to cast a conversation? Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. Like mm-hmm. you're not that pathetic. Come on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's your review of the half of it. 
Okay. Um. So can I talk about the films that I've been watched this couple of days or the yeah, past go ahead. week? Okay. Um. So the first one I picked was The Big Sick. Um. Uh-huh. It's a twenty oh. seventeen American rom con. Yeah. On on the subject of rom con. And the film portrays the real life events uh, of the protagonist Kamal Najani's uh, encounter with his wife Emily. Uh, I love it. It's it's a very good film. Uh, so I'll have a quickly go through of the story. Um, so Kamal is a Pakistani American, and with his ultra conservative family, his family, his parents want him to. Tick the boxes that most Pakistani family had followed in America, which means that it's getting to top college, get some sort of the most respectable job, you know. Um, so in the film, Kumail lied to his parents that he was preparing to do a law. And then, of course, Mary, within the race, uh, his parents had been setting him up to meet, you know, with many Pakistani women. But, uh, however, Kumail had none of those intentions to follow the cultural expectations. Uh, he is an Uber driver and does the stand-up comedy at night. Uh, that's where he met his uh, uh, wife, uh, Emily, the white woman who eventually yeah, became his wife. You know, um, I thought the, the film was a very well-paced uh it's a very well-paced movie. You know, you have a background setting of his family and you don't only have, uh, have one Asian character. You actually have the whole family and you have the interactions with, you know, the clash of the culture. Have you seen the movie? I remember you mentioned that you... I saw movie. it with my best, one of my best friends, Adam, and another person, I believe, or maybe it was just me and Adam, in mm-hmm. Iowa in 2017. We were, when we, oh, were in Iowa. Okay. we were studying in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a magical evening for us. Uh-huh. And I'm glad we went to see it in yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic City. film. I think the, the pace of it and also um, I love how the... I know that I'm going to sound a bit pathetic by saying this, but I like how they portray the family dynamic hmm. and also how Kumail it's probably because it happens in the real life um, his speech is very different between how he interacts with his family even his yeah. accent changes when he's speaking to white people right yeah I, I picked up on that yeah and of course the film you know continues with Emily falling sick and being in the induced coma for three months and this is the time that Kumail had interaction with her parents mm. yeah do you remember the scene where he was doing the stand-up comedy and Emily's parents was in the audience watching him with Ray Romano yeah with Ray everybody loves Raymond (laughs) yeah yeah with Ray and then there was one white dude was calling out to him saying that go back to ISIS or something like that yeah I haven't looked up whether or not that actually happened in his real life yeah but I I loved how the mum stood up for him yeah. You know, calling out. Like, I don't see that happen. So, I don't, I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't seem like it would be something that happened in the real life. Yeah. Like, being calling out, like, calling out someone who's been racist, you know, immediately and got so frustrated. I, Can I, I just that was say, mm-hmm. yeah, um, 
I, I don't think I'm someone who is able to do that. Maybe because I'm too shy or I think it's because I, I'm a woman. I'm always careful about putting myself out there. Yeah. And also so, because yeah. of our race as well. If you're, yeah. uh, I don't like, know, I, perhaps I have you never, like, had the hierarchy sense that yeah. she could stand up and talk. Maybe, about, yeah. maybe. But I think even if I was a white woman, mm-hmm. I would think twice about standing up for someone in a public space because mm-hmm. I always, always fundamentally, first and foremost, prioritize and fear for my safety. Your own safety, yeah, Seriously, of course. Yeah. yeah. I always just But fear. what about if you have male, I don't know, male oh, friends that's really interesting. You? Yeah, because Would you do the this same? Was, yeah. Or? There was this one time, this is like maybe the benefit of having a male partner around you, regardless mm-hmm. of their race. I remember once going to a comedy gig last year with my friend, mm-hmm. um, who who I also live with, and he's a man, and um, we we sat through this kind of very uncomfortable and sexist routine, and then afterwards I actually went up to the guy and said, "This is how you made me feel." Yeah, I went to the uh-huh. comedian who was a dude, and I said, "This is how I made you feel. This is how uh-huh. you made me feel." It was very sexist because of these reasons, and I remember okay. feeling really, 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 really scared. Um, basically, he had said that um vegans um he was like he made fun of vegans which i just think is the fucking stupidest thing in the world like Mm -hmm. i hate people who make fun of vegans and he said oh do you know that vegans don't eat honey and then Mm -hmm. he said he said um bees basically rape um flowers Mm -hmm. like he said that Mm -hmm. and then i went up to him later and i i remember thinking um I have to tell him this because I just want him to know it's wrong. And mm-hmm. then I said to him, oh, that rape joke about the bees and the flowers is so mm-hmm. inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then he he was, um, I'm so grateful for this. He was actually very, very lovely. He, first of all, apologized, mm-hmm. which I think is the number one thing you do, no matter what, no matter how legitimate or not legitimate yeah. the person who is offended is, mm-hmm. you fucking always apologize. You do that number one. I think it's you're because in- probably you're not the first one. Oh, okay, I don't know. Could, yeah. But anyway, I just think, um, number one, you apologise, even mm-hmm. if you don't agree with what they say. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I can see what you're saying, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sorry that it came out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually very lovely about it, but I remember thinking I was only brave enough to go up to him and confront him about it because I ha- I was with my friend James. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I wasn't with James, I don't think I yeah. would have because um, I'm too scared. Like, this guy was a dude. Like, what yeah. if he followed me home? Uh huh. Uh huh. So you had your friend, male friend, with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I. I. It sounds pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. I had a similar situation before as well myself. This is I don't know. It's it's about a couple of years ago, when I had like a date, day with my husband, mm. and then um. I remember I I think it was at Chaswood or Hongsby. Anyway, we finished the film. We came out, and there was a bunch of high school boys. You know, mm. they were just mucking around at the foyer, and you can clearly see that the the group of six or seven kid boys, they were. I don't know whether or not they're just playing around or bully, but to me, it's bullying. Mm. Like one Asian kid, mm. and that Asian boys tend to be I don't know smaller, skinnier, mm. and they were just joking around him and like pushing him around, and running around the foyer. Even the guy who was selling the popcorn thought so was funny. He was just standing behind his counter and laughing. So I stood there for like a couple, at least like two minutes, and I thought that this is not right. 
Yeah. And they, they just continue, like, they, they're disregarding what's happening, you know, people, like, in the public were just, like, eyeing them or, you know, good looking at them. And I just, I, I walked up and I, I remember I, I was just shouting out to them, you know, knock it off. Like, yeah. my husband was with me, of course. Yeah. And, and then they immediately just stopped. I don't know because it's my, you know, the motherly look or something like yeah. that that stopped them. Yeah. Yeah. But they kind of, like, got a shock and they, they just stopped. Like I wouldn't want my kid to do something like that to other boys, and I want I'd, obviously you know like I don't want my boys to be the victim of the bully. To me, they were definitely were bullying him. Like they were taking away his bag and just trying to make him fetch it or. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just very toxic, and they they thought it was fun. You know, they were thinking that it's probably fun. They were laughing around. They were chucking his bags around. Then mm. I just had to stop, step in and stop them. Yeah. Well, good on you. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's very fucked up. That's, yeah, something that we might talk about in another part about tox- toxic, I don't know, behavior around kids. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I, I, I would have a, a lot to say that having taught in boys' school. In boys' school, yeah. Years. Yeah, yeah. Um,. And another film that I've seen, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to bore you out of this, I know, because this is not your type of drama. The other film that I've, I've seen this week, The Prayers of Birds uh, and Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Okay, can I just say, before I mention, mm-hmm. say something, Um, I, I think after I, I watched The Big Sick, I read about how, I read some feminist takes on The Big Sick. Okay, yep. And they, they said, like, it was kind of weird because it was it was kind of like, it was sort of Sleeping Beauty kind of story. Like, he fell in love with her while she was, like, literally oh, dead. okay. So it's like while you were sleeping. Is that what you mean? Well, reverse while you were sleeping. Yeah, reverse. Or, yeah. But Peter Callahan yeah. was, was the dude. <laughs> Our family's favourite film of all yeah. time. Yeah, oh, um, my God. Lisa's <laughs> Yeah, Lisa. And Dad's favourite as well. Mm-hmm. Who told? <laughs> um, yeah. Soul, Yeah. <laughs> Um, we gotta take spend a whole podcast on that. Seriously, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Oh my god, and Bill, Bill, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. and the donuts, Gallagher mm-hmm. and Sons, the truck. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. Okay, so yeah. the critics were talking about that. It's what like a sleeping just anti feminist uh-huh. because like he fell in love with her and the whole movie she didn't do anything but sleep. She was like unconscious the whole time. So oh, there was kind of I don't know. It's a bit more like. It's a bit That's more. What they said race focused culturally intersect mm. rather than you're focusing on the gender I think I mean she she could have not to pursue him you know but I don't know but they, they did end up together at the end in real life as well <laughs> yeah 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 okay so um, I have to say I did watch like 45 uh, I watched 75% of the birds of prey uh huh okay okay um, so the reason that you didn't finish? It was too violent. I hate uh, violence. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So the, it's it's a um, follow-up of the other DC comic film, Suicide Squad, which I watched the first time for half an hour, and then I stopped in because I want to watch the MS... I can't even pronounce the word. Of the Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey. Later. Emancipation. So, yeah, uh-huh. Emancipation. So I went back to finish the Suicide Squad before I watched this one. Um, 
I love the little Asian kid in the film. Oh, she's really cute, hey. Yeah, she's brilliant. I think, you know, even though that the whole throughout the movie there's no portrayal of Asian cultures and things like that, but I, you know, she's. But I don't feel like she's one of those typical model minorities that you've seen regularly portray portray yeah. in the Asian on screen. You know. Yeah. So her name is Ella J. Basco. She's thirteen years old. She's wow. only thirteen. So her yeah. her dad is Filipino and the mum's Korean. Awesome. Um, so in the film, she played Cassandra Kane, uh, a oh, pick yeah. yeah, the pickpocket in Gotham. Yeah. yeah. So you know you what you need, you do what you need to do to survive in Gotham. Yeah. And did you pick up that the do you remember that the other Asian actress in the film was Ali Wong? Yeah, she was the yeah. lawyer or something, right? Yeah, she played the、uh, district attorney. Yeah, in the Gotham <laughs> City, they see there's so a. So weird. It was so weird. Yeah, it's a bit、like、strange.、That. Anyway, so she for the character that she was playing, the attorney E, um, she's the ex girlfriend of that, um, female cop in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and another Asian character that I will have to emphasize is Doc, the. <laughs> the the Taiwanese grandpa, you know, Harlan could refer him as a Taiwanese grandpa that you know、um, oh. offered her a like a, a place to stay、oh. in、um, on top of his restaurant, which eventually that got raided、right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, and also,、um, the director of this film is、um, American Chinese Cassie Yen. She. Was a reporter for L.A. Times and Wall Street Journal before she turned into filmmaking. And That's so cool. Yeah, I know.、Really cool. So, I guess she has seen a lot of you know sizeable stories, and so she has been a producer、um, as well before she started directed、uh, Birds of Prey.、Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a, a a couple of critics that saying that it's a feminist film. You know how Harley Quinn is finally having to tell her own stories without being an accessory of either Joker or Batman. Yeah, yeah, and it also portrays that how female kind of anti-heroines, you know, vigilante,、yeah. take upon fighting the real crimes. You know, from what、yeah. I've seen or what I've heard about the the comic,、um, I know that we're you know we're focusing on the issue of racing in this episode, but I also wanted to just quickly introduce you know Harley Quinn's pack from this comic. You know, Black Canary, Huntress, and the female cop. Montaya and so apparently according to the comic that it's not so much a group of heroes fighting you know like how we what we watch usually in Hollywood's like evil versus good or very black and white、yeah. you know how、yeah. we see in Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman、yeah. you know this group is a bit bit more like vigilantes and how Harley Quinn uses criminals in the Birds of Prey and other characters she team up and they target the actual everyday. Crimes like rape perpetrators or human yeah. traffickers. Yeah, yeah. I um I I found it really hard. I think the one thing I found super hard to get over was Hugh Hugh McGregor playing the bad guy. Oh yeah. Because I fucking love Hugh McGregor. Because he's, he's always been playing a good guy.、Yeah, is that what you he's mean? Fucking bad guy.、Oh. He's just too beautiful. I、uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, yeah, it's hard to yeah. But when I look, because I I didn't watch any trailers of it. I watched it. Uh, I was watching the film with Sean, my husband, and then、um, when he first appeared on the screen, and Sean's like, "Is that Obi Wan?" <laughs> no, it's Hugh McGregor. 
Yeah, Jimmy McGregor. I say, yeah, Jimmy McGregor. He's playing、I、the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. You mean it's hard to accept him playing the villain? Is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, I just his face is too good.、Mm. He doesn't have a villainy face. I like him to. Oh, I can't. I kind of can. Can imagine him as a villain, like can a you? Not, not a villain, but kind of like a.、Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's this is the word "ghetto" is appropriate to describe because have you seen him in trends spotting? spotting? Yeah. yeah, it's a bit more kind of like yeah, in、I、a、know. lower social perspective. Yeah, so it doesn't mean he's bad. No, of course not. Yeah, but it's just yeah. Uh, has does has he play any other characters that's similar to the ones in Birds of Prey? Oh,、uh, I feel like in the last few years, Ewan McGregor has popped up in so many weird places. I actually don't remember, to be honest.、Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I honestly can't think of. Like in the in my <laughs> in my head, he's always just Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's been typecast. <laughs> yeah, prolific role since.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. I love him. But um, I I read an amazing profile of um Margot Robbie. Okay. Um, in Vanity Fair, I believe it was Vanity Fair or、mm-hmm. Harper's um about two weeks ago, and it's great. And she she's like she seems like someone who's actually not. Stupid. Not that I assume all actors are stupid,、mm-hmm. but um, she, um, the Birds of Prey was her baby. Like she really had、okay. to, she really had to bend a lot of arms, and um, her own production company funded that film. Okay. Okay. She, she really、oh, wow, had to get、wonderful. behind it herself. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, she, she was like, you know,、um, Reese Witherspoon and you know other women who have. Branched out and made their own production companies because they refused to only take up roles that were given to them, and she just found that a lot of the roles、mm-hmm. she was given by her agent,、um, by you know a lot of big movie makers,、mm-hmm. um, the women in these scripts were all side characters or they were all supporting a male lead,、mm-hmm. and then she was like, "No, I don't want that. I want、yeah. a lead." You know, so、yeah. it's yeah. Um, I'll I think, definitely、yeah. link that article in the show notes. It's such、okay. a great article. Yeah, I think that's、really、the reason made, that yeah, I I actually quite like this film, even though it's not when, <laughs> like, we're talking about race on this podcast. But I I really like that film in the sense that, um, not only, <laughs> not only she um cast you <laughs> and McGregor as a villain, but there's a lot more, um. Female. It's really like you said. It's really centered on female characters. Yeah. And also, I really loved it. Like how when she、um, introduced、uh, the Taiwanese quote, you know, Taiwanese grandpa. That、mm. rather than using the Asian grandpa or the Chinese grandpa, she actually、yeah. emphasized on Chinese. Yeah, yeah Chinese、exactly. grandpa, I like which I、too. loved it. Yeah. It's it's good. Yeah. Um, like you said that um, the. The the position that she was trying been trying to cast by her agency, I think、um, the experience is very same for a lot of Asian Americans, you know. Yeah, yeah.、Um, like、uh, in the very early days, they were being cast as servants or what laundry man or、yeah. just 
and yeah, exactly. that's first of all a man and as for woman it's usually like prostitutes or someone who serves a white man yeah Th- those are the, in the earlier films you know it's yeah it's shit it's really <laughs> shit yeah yeah it's it's amazing that that it's still a th- it's still a, a bizarre thing to have a, a a woman be the center of a story mm-hmm. in a Hollywood film. Yeah. And do you know that? Um, so apparently, that create cra- sorry, cra- crazy rich Asians. The um, he he said that there's a very it's still a very white defaulted in Hollywood. And when he, pres- uh, the author Kevin Kwan, that he, when he first uh, presented the idea into a production uh, amongst a lot of you know pro- producers, there was within a group that there was a. Um, he said that there's one prominent producers say that oh I would be interesting to do this if we can change Rachel, which is the uh, female protagonist yeah, in the film. Yeah, Constance Wu. Yeah, yeah, we can we could change um, Rachel into a white girl. Yeah. So, it's like, gosh, you know, I've already written this story, yeah, and you're telling me that I should be changing, you know, the character, and also it's the same with um, uh, what the I remember all the, you say that uh, all the film, all the boys to the all the boys I love, yeah, yeah, uh, apparently that the um. The author faced the same um, obstacle as well. Yeah. 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 Jenny Lee, I think. Yeah. So apparently there's a, a lot of interest that faded when she told the, you know, the group of filmmakers saying that um, Laura Jean has to be Asian. Asian, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of producers didn't understand why she has to be Asian. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's so ludicrous. I'm glad the that it, the film has been made, you know, even yeah. though it, and I it's exact the exact same story happened to Alice Wu, the girl, the woman who made the director who made um, Saving Face and the half of it. Okay. I read a profile on her in the New York Times about a week ago, and she said um, the first thing when when she was making Saving Face, mm-hmm. she brought it to producers, and the first thing they said was, "Okay, we don't want two Asians. Let's just change oh. it to two white women." Ugh. It's always our race. It's always the yeah. first thing that they want to change. Gosh. It's like it's just it's just. People don't understand. It's yeah. like the first thing that it's like, it's just, I don't even know how to put into words. If you don't anymore. have Asians on film or on screen, like we're talking about representation, you know, we're always talking about representation and then it's it's nice to talk about it, but when you don't, don't actually do the actions and put the, you know, put the Asians on screen and, you know, there's, there's no progress in it. Do you know what it feels like? The... It's so it's so violent when the first thing they say is, like, if my book, A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing, mm-hmm. if it may ever make, if it ever is brought into a film, and the yeah, first thing will. I'm expecting will be like, can we make the, uh, can we make the, the central character a white woman? It's almost like saying, um, can we, can we mold, can we, when they say, when they say, can we change this character to a white? They're basically saying, can we wipe your face off? Yeah. Like, it's so visceral and violent. It's, it's basically like, saying, it's, you're it's saying not worth you don't it. exist. Yeah, you don't exist. It's like this character's race or background is not worth it. Like, you, we have it as a white person. You will make more money. I know that's one of the reasons, which is a very fucking shit reason. Yeah, yeah. 
but it also means that oh we'll get more people to watch it and all things like that but fuck it's it's not i don't know it yeah i feel tired about arguing about this but it is it still exists and we still have to talk about it yeah 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 it's it's um it's just it's just it's really interesting how in all of these films that you and I have just listed, mm-hmm. all these directors, the first thing, the very first thing that the producers say to them is, change the race. Mm-hmm. That's really, really so apparently, telling. You, Don't you, you think? Know, yeah. Um, this is from GQ, you know, one of the articles in GQ. So apparently some people are saying that there's a cynical view that Hollywood only wants to make more Asian league content to int- to, in order to attract Chinese audience. I don't think that's really true. Oh, I mean, you're okay. watched for the film. Re- I mean, we will probably watch for the sake because it's got diversity in it. But I also want to know that it's a good film. You know, like, I, it took me a long time to watch Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians because I didn't think it was a good storyline that I want to go and watch. Yeah, not for the sake because it's all Asians. But yeah, I, I remember yeah. a lot of and and I like I say my all my friends are white. When 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 Crazy Rich Asians did come out, all mm-hmm. of my friends asked me, "How do you feel about it, Jesse?" Oh, why did they ask you that? Oh, because they're interested in what I have to think about. This, <laughs> oh, okay. This apparently like Asian massive thing representation uh-huh. film. Uh-huh. And I said to them, "It doesn't feel like anything at all to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel monumental because because I related more closely to another film that mm. actually centered on a white character than anyone in Crazy Rich Asians because yeah. because in Crazy Rich Asians they were basically the the most like I'm two thousand folds removed from people like Rachel and Yeah, I know and like, her husband. You, like the, don't that really, world yeah. is so beyond me that I was just like it didn't even matter that their faces were Asian. It yeah. was that ludicrous. Like, they were so mm-hmm. rich that it just was totally, to me, detached yeah. from my face. Yeah, I don't think because it's so... Not not so much as it's not. It's abnormal, but it's so much it's It not, is abnormal, but it is so abnormal. It's not re- relevant. It's not relevant to anyone's yeah, life. Yeah, people like us, yeah. It's like top 0.0001% of yeah. Asians probably that yeah. would probably and I, feel you know yeah yeah and like they could have been um they could have been they could have been um sloths or monkeys or or, or like even white it, it feels to me white, it's just a be white Arab. film yeah yeah but yeah, they, I it was they purposely put Asians into yeah. that yeah. character yeah. yeah it was so like they could have they could have um super super imposed um like the face of um, Elmo on each mm-hmm. of the faces on each of these different like characters mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. and it would have had the same effect on me. Like yeah. it just did not matter that <laughs> yeah. I saw Constance Wu's face and Henry uh-huh. Golding's face because they're just like so. Also, I just don't like Constance Wu. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think she's a good actress, mm-hmm. even though she's Taiwanese, and I should root for Taiwanese people. Yeah, but you also have to look at the skills. Like, I don't, I don't think that we should just go for the race. We, we really have yeah. to look at the skills of individuals. Yeah. Yeah, I but I always you. kind of, I always kind of, I do always kind of perk up whenever I hear about a Taiwanese person penetrating the Western world. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal for me. Like, for yeah. instance, this morning I wrote an article about Lisa Su. Okay. 
who is um, the CEO of Micro Advanced Something Something Devices. Mm, and <laughs> that shows how. Is... <laughs> yeah, that shows how um, um, how much I remember what I write. Uh, she um, went to the US um, and then she studied at the MIT mm-hmm. when she was three years old. Um, she went to the US um, and like she's the niece of this other Taiwanese billionaire. Oh, uh, okay. So she's um, set so up. I think, <laughs> I, I think their family, I'm not saying like she comes from a place of wealth or whatever, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just mean Taiwanese. Like there are a lot of amazing Taiwanese people out there. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So even though that it would, like we're talking about race, you will want to focus on race in this episode, you know, even though that um, we would, probably be getting all more Asians on screen, you know, even Asian superheroes, you know, Netflix, I think there's a there's one coming out from Marvel called Sun Chi, but it's still a product of two white dudes. We don't get to do it on our own terms. Is, you know, oh, is, yeah, Asian yeah, characters on the screens are still uh, expected to tell only Asian stories. Yeah. You know. So is this um the Marvel character, is this a white is this an Asian dude? Yeah, it's an Asian dude. Yeah. I think he's the guy from um, Kim's Convenience. Yep, yep, store, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very Sumi, handsome. Sumi, I can't remember his name. Yeah, surname. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, oh, just on the so quickly, it's honestly, yeah. <laughs> something I read really funny about um, crazy rich Asians. <laughs> you know, um, someone said that imagine that downtown Abbey was called stuffy rich white people <laughs> instead. You yeah, know, it's it's but like, it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But you, why do you have to emphasize it on Asian? You know, it's just a bit. I don't know. Maybe it just didn't. It just didn't suit our taste. Yeah, I also didn't yeah. appreciate that it was such a big thing. It was such a big. Yeah, deal. they make it so big. I know. I they like, made it so big. What? I'm like, what the fuck? It's. It's like, look at me. You know, we have all Asians. Also, I'm really sorry to be so discriminatory, but Henry Golding does not look Asian. Come on. Yeah, there, there's also the argument whether or not that he, that they could have cast, a, you know, a bit more Asian. But that, that's that's another debate we, we need yeah. to talk about whether or I know, not, you know, yeah. you have mixed kids that, you know, half Asian and half white. Yeah, and we shouldn't delegitimize them. Yeah. Yeah. How, Just how do they identify white. themselves? Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to a comedy festival a few years ago with two good friends, um, mm-hmm. Miriam and Adrian, and um it was the the, the um the the evening was called Asian Australian Comedy. <laughs> okay. Um, like only for Asian comedians. Okay. And, uh-huh. and 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 we sat through about eight comedians and seven of them, I kid you not, seven of them were uh, half. Ha- half. Yep. Yeah, half yeah. Aussies, yeah. And I remember being like really, I remember thinking, what the fuck? Where are the four Asians? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so discriminatory. Like I'm discounting you should, these guys yeah, you just because they're half white. Be able to, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. that's not nice of me. Okay, so that's it for today. Yeah, um, that was great to chat. Yeah, fantastic. And now everyone go and watch a lot of things <laughs> and talk yeah. about stuff. Brilliant. Okay. Bye for now. Okay. We'll catch you next week. Okay. Bye. Make sure you review us on Apple um, Podcasts and uh, we will see you next week. Eat well and be safe.